You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Boy, Tom here, and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. D, and- D, hey, I think listen. he's back. I think he's back. He actually oh, had he, some energy in that one. He <laughs> did have some energy. I mean, what the hell he was this like time crying when he did it. This time he had energy. You know, I brought oh. all the energy this week because you muted your boy going out of last week, and so I am ready. Uh-huh. I am ready to get into it today. But you know what? I'm gonna be respectful. I'm gonna be respectful. I'm gonna hold off and bring it up a little bit later. First of all, we're going to start. How was your weekend, fellas? Well, you know, I didn't do anything this weekend, so I don't have much to contribute to this conversation. Uh, you know, I just played video games. I relaxed. I hung out. Uh, that's about all I did, really. I didn't do much. Oh, yeah. I, actually, I did. I lied. I hung up uh, a porch swing. Me and my dad put up a porch what? swing. Yep. You didn't have a fucking porch, Gary. It's out by the pool. You like you hung it up or did you supervise? I did it. Well, me and him both. We had to move the chain. We had to do all that kind of stuff. I had to drill the, drill the holes. It looks good. Why did you put a porch swing up? Because I've always wanted a porch swing and now I have one. <laughs> and it was a perfect spot for one. I apologize. You rich, rich. You right. A you porch right. swing? Get out of here. Yeah. You rich, rich. You said you've always wanted one and then you got one. Like there's no like, boy, unbelievable. So what I did this weekend, I I didn't really do much at all either, Gary. I I, I really didn't. I think we should hear what Time did then. If neither one of us did anything, I'm sure Time did something. I to bring you know what Time? What did you do this weekend? Because I I again I I really didn't do anything. I take that back. I take that back. I'm gonna tell you what I did. So our neighbor house is for sale, right? <clears throat> and y'all tell me if. <laughs> this is too much or if I did the right thing. And I want to hear from you gear. And I also want to hear from you Tom. So my neighbors are selling their house. And as when you oh, sell your house, are they selling it to get away from you or oh, no, 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 no. They just, okay. they just put wondering. it on the market. Cause right now it's a seller's market. Um, <laughs> so I've never met these neighbors, none of that, but my wife was going through the pictures and she was like, this is a really nice house. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And every time she talk about a house, she talk as if she wants to buy it. And, you know, I'm talking her off their ledge. Hey, hey time. Talk about rich, rich over there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'm going to buy the house rich. next door to me. Right. <laughs> Here, you go. Here you go with that, right? So she's talking about it. And she's going through these pictures. And she stops. And she's like, oh, gosh, honey. We've been looking for this. And I'm like, what is it? It's a big-ass, gigantic Scrabble board. And she was like, you think they'll sell it to us? They're moving. And I'm like, honey, what kind of question is that? What? You want to buy their scrap? She was like, they're moving. You know how you throw a bunch of stuff away when you're moving. Obviously, they're downsizing. You know. So she reached out to our realtor to call their realtor and ask, would they sell the, the board? And I was like, honey, why don't you just get it from the store? She was like, no, they discontinued these. They don't make them this big. So yesterday, I went over to the neighbor's house. I knocked on the door, me and her. And I was like, hey congratulations on selling your house. It's under contract. And he kind of gave me like this weird look. And I was like, yeah, you know, we knew it was, he was like, yeah, we got a really good realtor. Are you the one to put the offer in? I'm like, nah, we didn't put the offer in, but we do want to put an offer in on the Scrabble board that you got that we saw in the picture. And he was like, oh, you want to see it? It's really nice. 
So he took us down to his basement and kind of gave us a tour of the house because obviously it's under contract. So he ain't going to be there long anyway. And I was like, hey, man, do you want to sell this, you know, this Scrabble board? And he was like, nah, man, you know, we're going to hang on to it. But he was like, you know, this is where I got it from. And my wife was like, look, I've went through all those channels. It's not available anymore. It came out in 2014. They discontinued them so they don't make them anymore. You know, but he was like, well, you know, I got a, a cabinet guy that possibly could make it for you. You know, I had a long conversation. We probably spent about 45 minutes over there talking to him about it. Found out they was gamers, stuff like that. It was pretty cool. My question to you was, did I go too far by literally going over to these people's house? Like, hey, yo, sell me the Scrabble board, bro, because, I mean, you moving anyway. So, so the question is, you said you reached out to your real estate agent to reach out to them. Did they not do it beforehand? They never did. It didn't it. Sound so like we, it. we asked that question. We said, hey, we reached out to our realtor. And this was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We said we reached out to our realtor. He reached out to yours. And they told us that the person that bought your house also bought your furniture, too. And he was like, yeah, all we're moving out is our clothes and our personal pictures. They bought the furniture and everything in this house, bro. And come to find out, the guy told me that the house was staged. So they bought the staged furniture, not the guy's furniture. But I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be talking about that. So you but just talking, outed him. Okay. Basically just outed him because I want the Scrabble board. All right. I, that's what this is really about. <laughs> so the question is, did I go too far in trying to acquire this Scrabble board? I'm going to say no, because you at least reached out first. You gave it a couple of weeks before you went over there for the contact to be made. And it sounds like that you're going to be paying for one to be made. Talk about rich, rich. Wow. I, you know, I personally think that is a lot of channels to go through for a Scrabble board. But here's what I'll say where you didn't go through too much is it seems like your wife really wants this Scrabble board. It's 60 by 80 inches, bro. Right, and so if it's gonna make her happy, you are gonna go through any any uh, hoops you got to to get it for. And so you know what, you are the husband of the year for going I through really all these channels. Yes. Don't give him that because he yes. didn't do any of it. He just walked next door with her. She did everything else. First I'm of all, give I, him that I rode my bike because it was down the street a little bit. And here's <laughs> what's crazy though. Here's what's crazy. I didn't recognize the guy or the woman, but I recognized the dog though. And I was like, oh, you're the one that walked the dog. And she was like, yeah. She was like, I was like, I thought you was your daughter. Because I never really look at the people. Wow. So not only did you, um, D'Angelo, you are blowing my mind with just how gracious and how, like, glorious you are. Hold on, hold on. I feel like he's up to something. Because he never gives compliments. And I don't know what he's doing right now. He's 100% he's up, up to something. I don't know he's trying to fuck me up. Hey. I don't know what I mean. We well, okay. Well, I'm on this. No, you're stopping time. What did you do this weekend? Yeah, what did you do this weekend? Time? <laughs> well, no, what I was just saying was, you know, D'Angelo, you know, he gave us that bad experience of him on bikes not too long ago where he crashed. So I was just saying, I'm proud of him for getting on his bike to ride down there to the neighbor's house. That's all I was going to say. And then next thing I was going to say is, are y'all boys ready for WrestleMania? I was wondering if y'all bought my ticket yet. Uh, that's what I was really buttering everybody up for was to see if it. <laughs> Money from my checking to my savings back to my checking. <laughs> then I can get back to you on that. It's gonna take three business days. It's gonna take seven, you know, because COVID's still going around. So banks still aren't working on a good. They're, they're using COVID as an excuse not to give me my money. So uh, I don't know what to tell you. 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out, man. First, I heard pods. Then it was 25,000 people because of me not knowing how safe being in that particular building is going to put you in that risk time. We don't want to do that, man. We just don't would do not that. be smart. You have a family to worry about. Yes. Well, yes. really, it's, it's D'Angelo we're worried about because you live in Florida. I live in Texas. We're wide the hell open. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to expose myself to 17 games, so yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, 17 games? You know what? I, I want to get to that with you guys, but I know we have a guest that we need to bring on, so I say we go ahead and bring them on. No, 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 no. We want to know, know what, what you, you did this weekend. What you do this weekend. Oh, okay. What did you do this weekend? Look, I, I hopped around, and we went to the, the zoo for my son's first birthday. He dressed like a kangaroo. I dressed like a kangaroo. And so, you know, I just here, – here's, here's the fun part about it. Here's what makes it interesting. So what, how, how old is your son, Tom? One, he just turned. Why one. the hell are you dressing like a kangaroo, bro? So How? This, is, this is why I picked kangaroo. Cynthia's dad, whenever a child is born, he always gives assigns them an animal. So Cynthia's nickname is penguin. Well, he assigned Braden kangaroo. So that's like his little animal nickname for the family. So since it was his birthday party, we were all dressing like well, all me, her, me and her were getting dressed like kangaroos. Well, it got too hot for him in his kangaroo outfit, so he took his off and changed it to something else. So I'm sitting here. Walking around this kangaroo romper with a cowboy hat on, looking like the 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 fat kangaroo that can't that can't find his family because no one else is around. But here's the thing: I it gave me a perfect opportunity to work my dad jokes because what would happen is, as you can assume, people come up to me, "Oh my gosh, I love your outfit!" or "Are you a kangaroo?" Luckily, my kangaroo had like a little pouch where it had a little stuffed animal in the front. So I'm like, yeah, I'm a kangaroo. And they had a kangaroo zip exhibit at the zoo. So I said, I'm on my lunch break. I'm about to hang out 15 minutes before I got to get back into the cage. <laughs> that was my dad <laughs> joke good one. of the day. So, yes, you're welcome, Dan. Dan, are you over here looking jealous because you didn't think about getting a No, this is very – this is – I feel like I've seen movies on this where <laughs> – Later, like kids come up missing, so it's just <laughs> wow. it's a very weird situation. All I know is Cynthia definitely should have walked away and right. let you walk around by yourself looking for them, and then let people stare at you. Then, here, here's, I'm trying to here's, figure, here's, out, trying to figure out what the point is. Like, why did you dress up as a kangaroo again? Well, you guys know me. I'm I'm already down to dress up, down to clown, and I feel say. So I just thought it would be funny if since he was dressed up like a kangaroo, I dress up like a kangaroo with him because I like to dress up for stuff. But here here's the analogy I've been giving people. I don't know. Did y'all watch Home Improvements at all? Whenever of it was course. So do you remember the episode where uh the oldest son, Brad, he's dating a girl and they both uh, agreed to go to this hot costume party as Raggedy Andy and Raggedy Ann. Yeah. Well, something happens at school. She gets mad at him. She shows up to the party with a, a boy who goes on to become Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World, dressed as like a biker chick instead of Raggedy Ann. So my boy's stuck at the party looking at like Raggedy Andy with no like partner to make it make sense. And he, it, it, I just, it stuck out to me because that was one of my favorite, my favorite scenes in that movie. And I'm like, hey, that's who I feel like today because Brayden's already changed out his outfit because he's too hot. Now I'm stuck in this kangaroo romper all day walking around, and I know parents are pulling their kids away as I'm walking by, like, get out of this. Okay, kid. I got two two points with that. Uh -oh. One, you should have brought a change of clothes, 
So you can yes. change. No well, one he, he, gonna get hot. That was never an option. He was committed. No. He was committed. That and was two, never an option. And if two, of course she's gonna leave him for Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World. Right. That's a given. Right. Well, no, you no, just... See, I thought your I thought the third one would have been the second one, which the question would have been, okay. After she didn't show up in the, what are you doing with this kangaroo outfit now that you've worn it? Like, are you keeping this and you're gonna do He's it gonna again? Wear it all the time. Oh, it's role play now. Right. I, now we're now we're gonna go down under every other weekend. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> bro? <laughs> what you don't want to do is you you don't want to be that kangaroo that that dude box because if right, jacked one. Yeah. <laughs> no, he couldn't be the jack kangaroo. This would be like the the wish right. kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> y'all know y'all know me so i know this is not gonna surprise you but i actually have two containers in the garage full of like costumes and props and like outfits so this you is gonna... never <laughs> all right so this is just gonna go next to the the uh jaws onesie the 90s nickelodeon romper the flamingo inside yeah, the nc costume all that fun stuff so you know just add in the times closet no, no big deal here Oh, is, are, are y'all done? I feel like y'all, you know, you're trying. Yeah, I think we're good to go now. I mean, right, yeah, we, could, right. we could bring our guests on now. I'm ready. What's crazy is we know we know D'Angelo likes to handcuff the podcast early and take it over. But whenever D'Angelo reached out to us and told us that he had a guest he wanted to bring on, and he told us what this guest did, Gary and I were flabbergasted that he even had a friend like this. And we still don't believe him. We. <laughs> <laughs> The as same way D'Angelo didn't think that Gary could bring on a black woman, it's the same way we're not sure that D'Angelo's bringing on this friend right now. But we'll we'll see. D'Angelo, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest for us? I mean, like he's get brought on like seventeen guests in a right. row. Like, like well, when do we all, get to bring guests? When do first, we get to? Well, I did bring look, on the last guest. That's correct. I was going to say, in the last guest, it was it, it's up for debate on whether or not you brought the black woman onto the podcast. <laughs> However. We can say this though. I in the first time in history, I am bringing on a cop. A cop. I am bringing on a cop. Yes. Uh, and you know we're gonna protect his name and likeness, so we're gonna call him RC. Okay. Uh, because he's a he's a he's an undercover cop, and he don't want people to know what his name is when he frequent donut shops. So we have to protect his name, image, and likeness. Okay. Well, his uh, image is out there for everybody to see, so that's already gone. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody is going to see RC. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the podcast, RC. I guess the first question is, is kind of give us a little bit of background on you. Like, how many years have you been in law enforcement? Uh, because we got a lot of questions for you. Uh, it's Monday morning. Uh, you know, we're we're on the heels of 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 this monumentous. Uh, 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 what is it? The the George oh, Floyd trial? the trial? Yeah, 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 the trial. So just kind of give us your background because I'm gonna ask you a lot of questions concerning the trial, not necessarily about the trial, but just the operations and right. stuff like that. Just kind of give us your background. Uh, 16 years in law enforcement, so I'm like on the cusp of uh, just a little over halfway to retirement. It's a full 30 years. Oh shit! Of- you got to go 30 years to retire? Yeah. Oh shit! So, if you time saved up, you can get out a little early. But yeah, so 16 years, I've done a uh, little bit of everything from working in the jail, um, where people actually have to wait to go to trial, um, working patrol, working in the courthouse, um, as a, and uh, worked as a detective, 
and uh, worked in the schools as a resource officer. So done a done a little bit of everything actually. Oh yeah, civil. I forgot about that thing. So I do have one question: Were you ever a bite cop? <laughs> uh, that now, thank you very much. <laughs> Just a little backstory on this: uh, A while back, we talked about D'Angelo wrecking his bike on a ride, and oh, D'Angelo actually there. rides with him. So uh, D'Angelo there. sent me a random a video. <laughs> D'Angelo sent me. They didn't want me to bring this up, but you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't. So D'Angelo <laughs> sent me a video, video randomly. And it happened to be a dog running out and a guy running over the dog, basically, and face planting. And it happens to be the guy that we're talking to right now. So and he's wearing an ultimate bicycle shirt. So I had to ask and bring up the bicycle stuff. So it was a hilarious video because two dogs took out seven people on a bike ride. And it was, it was hilarious. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and you. Well, I thought D'Angelo does the hijacking on the podcast. Just when I can right. <laughs> have to do it. Now you um, see. Now you see what's going on here. So I, right. I guess we'll, we'll we'll start off with this, and and this has nothing to do with the trial, but we're gonna get there. As a as a citizen, as a citizen of the United States, mm-hmm. honest question. Don't lie to us, because we can tell if you're lying, because we can see you. Right. New police officers have quotas that they have to meet when they give out tickets, speeding tickets. When y'all set up these speed traps and it's always normally at the beginning of the month or the end of the month, like, is there some type of quota that y'all have to meet? Because y'all sure get out a whole bunch of damn tickets. Well, I I know nothing about any quotas um, because everything that I issue is just what I issue. It's not like a, a personal goal or an agency thing where it says, hey man, you've got you know, a hundred tickets you got to issue this month or anything like that. So, so um, no, that's not that's not true. It's a myth. No, I don't know anything about quotas. I mean, I hear that myth all the time, but I oh. don't know. So, so it sounds get, like so. You, do you get looked down upon, or not looked down, but like, do they mention it if you don't give out? Like, say you gave out one or two tickets a month, would they say no? That's not enough. You're not doing enough, or do they bring that up at all? No, there's never been. I've never heard of anything about not enforcing traffic or anything like that. Um, usually, Tell us, let's, let's be real. This is kind of like one of those fight club situations. The first rule of fight club is... <laughs> That's exactly what it's, this is. No, nah, it's definitely... Well, the whole purpose of a, of a traffic stop, obviously, is you're, you know, you saw a violation and you're trying to, you know, stop the violation. Like when they send you to radar school, you know, to get you certified to operate a radar. Oh, hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You got to go to fucking radar school to work a radar gun? Yeah, man. There's a school for everything. But uh, the whole point of working radar or, you know, is to enforce, you know, the speed limit to get people to slow down to try to save lives. That's the whole point. Okay. So, so that's you're trying to get me to believe that's what traffic stops are. When y'all set up those damn. Uh, I don't care if you believe it or not, but that's how it goes. That's how it <laughs> when y'all set up these speed zone things. And, you know, y'all are stopping. Y'all have, like, 14 police cars. And y'all have the guy with the radar gun. These That's speed traps. This is to save lives. That That is not for a quota, trust me. That's just to get people to slow down. We have one of the worst speed traps I've ever seen probably 45 minutes an hour away from here. It goes from 55 to 35 to 25 in the matter of, like, maybe – a hundred yards 
and the Damn. cops just sit. No, that's legit. Like the cops just sit there because if you're going anything over, you're getting pulled over. It's ridiculous. It they, people they put billboards up saying uh, uh, radar trap upcoming, so people know, <laughs> hey, slow down because they're gonna get you. Is that Stark County, Florida? Yes, it is. Yeah. Ah, you know this. <laughs> See? Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't go there. Through, ever. When uh, the first time we went down there was like, uh, we've been married uh, almost 13 years. So about 13 years ago, we're on our way down there. And um, my bride's dad calls and says, hey, when you get to Stark County, watch your speed. Because it's, like he said, it literally 55, 35, boom. I mean, there's no... No if ands buts about it. So and, and they're just waiting. They don't give you time to slow <laughs> down. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So I guess we can get to this trial now. Uh, so getting to the trial, I I, I want to know this. Uh, well, actually, let me back up because I took that too far. Tom, I I I got to ask all these questions because I I got them in my head and I I, I don't want to. I, again, I don't want to hijack this podcast, but I I, I kind of somewhat. Well, yeah. Without us knowing, that's hijacking it. Yeah, yeah, that, here, here's, well, yeah. My thing. here's my thing. Y'all pay me to host it. If you want to host it, I don't care. I'm getting paid. I'll sit back and watch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so this is my question, and I've always had this question. And this question is this: When you pull me over and you give me a ticket for speeding, and they give me a court date, do the judicial system talk to you and be like, "Hey, man, you free on the 19th in these next three months"? Do y'all talk about that? And then when you do show up to court, are you at work or do you have to come up there on your off day? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it just depends on obviously the area, but like where I work, we get a, um, a list of court dates for the year and it's usually the days we're working. So that's like, if I'm, you know, like right now, you know, we're about to go into April. So if I issue a ticket or anything, and it's on me what court date I want to put on there of the list I have. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like a few weeks back, I had somebody tell me, um, because I had to stop them because they, they almost hit me. But uh, I stopped them, and, and, of course, they didn't have a driver's license. And I was like, look, how long do you think it will take you to get your money up so you can go get your license? And they're like, uh, like two months. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll give you, you know, this court date of May you know, seventh or whatever, give you, give you time to get your stuff together, right. you know, and go get your license. And that way you can at least say, Hey, look, yeah, that day I was driving, I didn't have a license, but I got one now and it'll be up to the, the district attorney or the judge, whoever they see at that point to see what they want to do. So. Okay. So, so me trying to wait out, like if you gave me a court date and say, Hey, this is your court date show up nine times out of 10, you're going to be there. Cause you at work anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and a lot you- of, and it depends on what the, the, the charges are, too. Like, you know, when you're talking a lot of traffic stuff, that's usually an infraction, depending on where, like, you know, where I live, that's that's what it is, is an infraction. You know, you have yeah. misdemeanor traffic offenses, and those are, if it's a misdemeanor, nine times out of ten, you could have, like, a, a trial with the judge and the DA and have the officer present. I mean, that's, and that's different. So, but. Okay. But yeah. Okay, so now, so now I've, I've gone to court. And they found me guilty of speed and I don't have the money. What's the process after that? Am I still in contact with you or have you completely turned me over to pretty much done? I mean, after I issue you the ticket, unless they either subpoena me and say, Hey, we need you in court for a trial or something. Or yeah, if you plead guilty, that's between you and the, um, 
basically the judge will say you've got like 30 days to pay or oh, so you don't have shit else to do with it you just no. you've done your job and this you've turned me over to the da in action yeah we're it's over with okay so i i've always wanted to know this because these are i got a ton of these questions i'm just glad we got a cop on uh so rc you i'm involved in a drug bus you arrest me you're the arresting officer Right. I'm, I'm involved in a drug bus. Uh, you take me to jail. Uh, do you charge me or do the DA or the judicial system charge me? Because I've, I've always had conflicts there on where the charges come from. Yeah, well, the arresting officer is the one that, that does the charging. So they should go before some judicial official to swear out to, you know, the probable cause for your arrest, Right. So that way they're not just going around and picking you up off the street and taking you somewhere because that would be a violation of your, you know, uh, Fourth Amendment right. So, um, but yeah, they'll take you before a judicial official, say, look, this is what, you know, I got Mr. D, you know, with this much, you know, contraband or whatever you want to say got with. And um, and then they'll say, OK, well, we believe you. So they'll give you the uh, the arrest warrant and take them into jail. So. Okay, so have it ever been a situation where you've gotten a person, and maybe this not in as, as egregious as I'm making it sound. So say you pick somebody up and you just like, oh, yeah, it's clear-cut capital murder. But is it any way the DA can be like, nah, we're going to do second degree or third degree where there's a disconnect between you and what the, you think they should be charged with versus, or are you and the DA working together? Well, I mean, when you get into stuff like that, you know, that's definitely going to be a phone call before you even even make a charge. Nine times out of ten, you're going to contact the DA about the case. You know, I mean, uh, okay. even and even if it's, you know, hey, I just watched this person, you know, kill somebody in front of me and I've got handcuffs on them. Obviously, yes, I'm going to take him to jail for first, but you're still going to talk to the DA and say, hey, look, this is what we got, you know, before you even do anything so how often do y'all disagree like if they say okay well we think we can charge this and then you might think it'd be something else how often is there a disagreement between the two i know it's not y'all's job to put that as for the, the stick is the <laughs> da's job but like do y'all disagree on different things like that or no no i mean i when i was in the detective of detective bureau i worked with the uh, da's office a lot and um would call them and say hey this is this is the case i'm investigating you know, I've talked to this person, interviewed them, whatever, and this is what I've got. These are the elements of the crime that I want to charge. And they may say, well, you don't you don't really have all the elements or let's look at this charge instead, that kind of deal. So but there's never never like a disagreement. So, so the, the reason why I bring it up. OK, so obviously, I don't know if y'all seen it. I'm sure D's seen it, the movie Law Abiding Citizen because it, it ties in with this whole story yeah. we're talking about. So it's a Jamie Foxx and Gerard Butler movie. Gerard Butler's family, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, it's 15 years old, good luck. Um, <laughs> his, his family was killed by these two people, and one person was said that they're willing to rat out the other one to get a death penalty, and then this person gets a lighter ser service. The, the father that was family was killed, he said, I don't want that. I don't want you to cut a deal. The DA still cut a deal, and the guy got out. So he plotted his revenge against the whole judicial system yeah. for how they treated it. So like, does that like I know that's obviously it's a fictional it's a thing, but like when I'm watching the movie, I'm on Gerard Butler's side. I'm not on the yeah. DA side. Because where like, do these plea are deals doing? come from? Like, like how, why are you why are you yeah. willing to let this guy walk who literally killed this guy's wife and kid, yeah. and you're letting it happen just so you can get the other one put a death penalty? 
obviously I know that's a big dr- dramatic thing, but like I that they want you to feel sorry for the DA, but I felt sorry for I was rooting for the villain in that movie, right? So to say, and yeah. he, I, like that I know I know that stuff happens at times where like people get accused less than what it could have been and what everybody else wants. So what's what's the thought? Like the, I know you don't have any say on it, but like. How is that feeling coming from you when you see if something like that happens, if you think it's something more? Uh, well, when I first, I would say when I first got into um, my career, you know, like most people, when they get into something, they're full energy. And like, um, I would get upset if I charged somebody with something and like I knew, hey, I got them on this. And then let's say it got dismissed for whatever reason, for, you know, there was some factor that, you know, whether, like you said, they're working some kind of plea deal. Because, again, I don't have anything to do with that. Correct. So, But now, like, after being in the business as long as I have been, I don't get upset. Because the way you have to look at it is I did my job and, and, and I'm moving on. You know, I can't – it's not a personal thing. It sh- and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like, hey, I'm, you know, um, this is what I'm trying to do, who I'm going after. So Yeah. No, no. Just okay. <clears throat> you got to do and, and keep moving on and keep serving. Okay, so now we're moving up to the trial. Why the fuck is it taking so long for this trial to start? And it's starting today, which is insane to me, but it happened a year ago. I thought we had a right to a speedy trial. Why did it take a year to get to this speedy trial? And they said it's supposed to last for four weeks. We're we're putting the bill on this as taxpayers. What the hell is going on, RC? I, I don't understand how we're footing this bill because it's gonna take four weeks. And it took a whole year. I, I I mean, I don't know if they're getting facts together. I mean, they got everything that they need. Right. So it's a three-part question. One, why does it take so long for a speedy trial? Two, why is it supposed to last four weeks, which is probably going to last way longer? And three, how the hell do you find 15 jurors that, um, that don't know anything about the case that's going to be right. unbiased when right. it's a national case? Right. Those are my three questions. Yeah. So... First question was, why is it taking so long to even get to the trial? Yeah. Um, that that there, honestly, again, I can't speak for that case because I, I have no clue what the factors are. Because usually, like I said, case in point, you charge somebody, you usually give them like 30 days, um, right? right? <clears throat> well, that usually is going to either be, depending on the, um, the area where your case is, that's going to depend on its a first appearance. Right. So when you go to that court date and let's say it's a criminal charge, you know, the the judge is going to basically advise you of your rights and see if you want to you know, hire an attorney, represent yourself, you know, or have a court appointed if you can't afford one. So, boom, if, however you decide that. All right. We're pushing the court date to this. Right. To give the attorney time, you know, to get their stuff together. Well, the attorney, you know, that court date can come up. The attorney can ask for a continuance because they need more time to get their stuff together. Okay. So a lot of it, a lot of it really is on the defendant as far as if their attorneys like trying to get things together. Um, and if it's a big trial, obviously like this situation, they may be trying to figure out, okay, we have no other trials on this date. We can, we can focus this, this allotted time for this trial. So that's kind of, I guess the way that happened um, for this trial was they were still getting everything together and that's why okay look we've got this date where we can do this trial then um okay that I'm, that's what i'm guessing so 
but yeah, to answer your your question about the speedy, the right to a speedy trial, I mean, yeah, you, you got a right four to weeks. it. There's a lot of things to it. And then as far as why that case is taking four weeks, again, there's so much involved in that. Like you said, I mean, how are you going to pick 15 people for a jury that don't know anything about this case? Right? I don't um, think that's possible, personally. There's no way. I don't think so either. But you're a cop, though. What do you mean? You can't. That's not your line. You don't supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm still, that. I'm still a person, you know, still live here in America. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. But and then on top of that, too, if they're saying it's going to take four weeks, I mean, obviously, they're, you know, their defense is um, they're going to try to present everything they have, you know, to prove or, well, the prosecutor is going to present everything they have, obviously, to to prove the guilt of the defendant and then the defendant um the defense attorney is going to do everything they can to you know try to sway the jury not to convict so question so have you worked trials and stuff yeah i mean sitting in sitting in on a trial yeah so how does it work with witnesses so say a case was going to go on for a month month and a half the i mean the tr- jurors do the jurors they have to be separated from society or do they get to go home every day and then come back the next day how does that work because i feel like there could be a lot of contamination between you might watch the news you can just say you didn't watch it and then people can be influenced their thoughts and stuff by what they see on the news because the news is going to cover every trial especially a big one so like how do they keep make sure there's not issues like that between jurors if they say they haven't seen it to make sure they don't see it yeah what with that case that we're talking about that's coming up today, I would think that um, that they probably would put them up like in a hotel to try to, uh, you know, keep them away from other people. Because um, I know when you like being in a trial where I'm from, um, when when the judge is sitting there telling the jurors what they're supposed to be doing, they'll tell them, you know, you're not to talk about the case amongst each other. You know, you're not to you know talk about the case, you know, at home or anything like that. Um, because they want you to, to truly give, you know, listen to all the facts. And then when it's time to get together and make a decision, you know, in the room, in the juror room that they take them to, you know, that's how that goes. But oh, So they get to go home after each trial? Yeah, I mean, here, here they do. They go home every day. So, oh, so I just feel like if it's a if it's a drawn out trial, then I feel like that that just breeds opportunities for things to be. Yeah, you, other, the jurors to be impacted by other things outside yeah. forces, and not even just people. Like, because obviously there are, there's obviously there's juror tampering that happens in cases, yeah. but yeah. like, and then just the media. You see in the media, people watch TV. Some people love to watch the news. Well, if they're covering the trial, you're not going to change the channel when they're covering about it. You're just most people aren't going to do that. And I know that they probably ask them, "Hey, do you have you learned anything new about it?" And everybody answers no, because you're not going to want to be thrown off the thing right. either. So like. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I think like if it's a big trial or, or extend amount, they should be secluded. Like it should be if you want to be a part of it, you have to be secluded. You don't get how do you, you can't say, hey, you don't get Internet. You don't get TV because then what? <laughs> like that's that's the problem you're always going to have because everything's out there. That's yeah. what the way things are now. You're always going to have all the information at your fingertips. Yep. So it, it's just a unique situation for any trial. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would never want to be a juror ever. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know don't they, vote, Dan Gear. They had cases where a jury has, has, you know, said something or got got back to uh, either the DA or the defense attorney or even the judge, and they've had to um, 
basically do like a mistrial, you know, like, all right, we got to, you know, end this and have to do it all over again, you know, so. And, and I think it's, it's very hard on the jurors as well because they're, in some cases, they're deciding the, the innocent or guilty of a person. And if they go against the other person, then the media or people can be scrutinizing them for voting the way they did and right. acquitting or convicting somebody. And they, they have no say. They can't talk about it. They can't give their self. They just have to take all the criticism and, and verbal abuse they're going to get, which is tough. Like that, and they wonder why people don't want to be jurors because it, it's very, it would be a tough thing to do, especially afterwards. If it doesn't go the way society thinks it should go, you're going to be ridiculed for it. Yeah. Right. As, as a cop, are you immune to jury duty or no, you still? Okay. I mean, I'm probably, I'm ne- and I have never had to go for jury duty. I'll probably get a letter next week now that I'm talking about I it. can't wait for you to go. <laughs> can't, I can't wait either. <laughs> but, but I have seen other officers, like when I worked in the courthouse, I had seen other officers show up for jury duty. And, I mean, they still have to go through the same process as, as anybody else. And but nine times out of ten, like especially if it's a criminal case and they ask, you know, hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a you know, I'm a cop. And then they're going to be like, all right, thank you for coming. And you're dismissed, you know, because they don't uh-huh. want that. But I knew okay. I knew, um, I knew I had a coworker one time. He actually got picked for a uh, jury trial in a civil case where, like, I think there was a, a doctor being sued or something. And uh, so he, he had to sit in on that. So uh-huh. that's not bad. Have you. Have you ever been a part of a case, and I know you can't uh, really talk about it, but I, I, I want to know, where somebody broke the law, but you understood why they broke the law, and you was just like, damn, man, like, even though you was right, you're wrong because you broke the law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, where they did something, how, how do you handle that as a cop when, like, morally, like, you just like, I understand why you did it, but, like, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 stories all the time that you hear about officers that um, like shoplifting case in point, you know, they, they may find some, you know, I think there was a story one time where this woman was stealing diapers because her kids needed diapers, you know, or formula or something. And the officer, instead of charging her, even though he called her red handed, he goes and buys, you know, the diapers or the formula for her, like trying to help out, you know, and like, that's, that's like, that's different than, you know, catching somebody, um, like I remember this one case where, uh, all at a grocery store and this dude is like, got steaks, you know what I'm saying? Like he's got them thick, you know, he's got them in his pants and he's trying to walk out the store and it's like, come on, man, you know, I ain't buying that steak for you. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I'm saying like stuff like that. It's like, come on, you can't, you know, like people that steal beer or, or things like that. But there are people that, you know, they're, they're trying to survive, you know, and it's tough. So, so I, I I guess this would be, this would, this would be really good. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this question, how, how do you need to engage with a police officer when being pulled over, regardless of what law you've broken, regardless of what race, creed, color you are, like, what steps can I take to ensure that you're safe and that I'm safe when I get pulled over by a cop? Because you, if you watch the news, man, yeah. you know, cops get a bad rap. I understand that. Cops get a bad rap. We've been friends for a very long time. And I, I, I completely understand that. But I, I, I do want to I do want people to understand uh, universally 
how to engage or have com- conversation or communicate with police officers, whether they're in your jurisdiction or in somebody else's, whether cops being a dick or not being a dick, how can I ensure that you're safe and that I'm safe as well? Like uh, what steps I, can I do? Glad you said that last part though, because that your question, it really, it's a two way street. So I'll say this as a citizen, right? Let's just say right. I'm, I'm and I get, cause, cause I've gotten pulled over. I mean, in the last 16 years, you know, cause I do speed occasionally and stuff and get caught right. and I'll sit there and I'll wait nine times out of 10, they have a firearm in the car. Right? right. So I'm just sitting there with my hands like on the wheel and the officer will come up and, you know, explain why they stopped me. Um, you know, or don't ask the question, you know, do you know why I stopped you? <laughs> I tell them that all the time. That's the dumbest <laughs> question. <laughs> and, all, and all you're doing is just keep your hands where they can see them. And, and if you know you've got something in the car, you know, let them know, hey, look, check it out. I've got a gun in the center console or there's a gun in the seat. I stopped a guy um, Friday this week and he had a gun um, in the passenger seat. And I can't see it from, you know, the driver's side. But he tells me off the bat, he's like, hey, just to let you know, deputy, there's a there's a uh, gun in the seat. All right, cool, man. Leave it there. As long as you don't want to hurt me, we're cool. You know what I'm right. saying? And um, so that's that's what I would say. Just just listen to them, you know, follow directions, um, and, and that's fine. You know, and understand, too, like um, the cop is probably nervous as I'll get out, too, because, again, in the world we live in, you know, a lot of felony assaults on law enforcement are from traffic stops. You know, they, really? they have been time where officers get shot just walking up to a driver's side window just to say, Hey, look, I pulled you over for this or whatever. Um, but why I said that that question, you know, is a two way street. I personally feel that as officers, we set the tone for the interaction. You know what I'm saying? So if I come up to you and I'm being, you know, disrespectful in any kind of way, how's that going to make you feel, you know, and how are you that? So that, that sets the tone, you know, and I, and I feel it's the same with us because, you know, we can go up to a window. Like I had one few weeks back, lady was just yelling at me. I mean, I hadn't even said hello to her yet. You know, she's like, you're wasting my time. I got to do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I just walked to her and I said, hey, ma'am, I'm sorry. You know, this is the reason why I stopped you. I understand you got to get somewhere. Just give me a few seconds. Let's conduct this and then we can move on. Right. Right. And that calmed her down, you know, but that, again, that's a 16 year veteran, you know, doing something. Whereas you may have, some kid, you know, straight out the the uh, academy, and they're like super excited, wanting to go get everybody, and you know, they just a lot of don't have a lot of maturity and and um. And how so how do you deal? How do you deal with dick cops when you get pulled over? Let's yeah. just be, let's just call it how it is. Like, how yeah. can I? How can I? How can I get by with this dick cop? Whether I feel like I've done something wrong or not, he comes to the car, he's yelling, he's all aggressive straight out of the academy he doesn't really know like how do i how do i diffuse him as a citizen you know just um keep calm don't 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 let him don't let him get the best of you let's put it that way and uh do do what you're you know you're asked to do whatever take your you know if he issues a ticket fine if they're you know we're disrespectful to you you know call and make the complaint now, some people will say, well, that ain't going to happen. Like, nothing's going to happen out of that. You and you don't know if anything will happen out of it or not. Because, again, that becomes a personnel matter or whatever. But, um, but I know, like, the times where if somebody complained on me and I was legit in the wrong, yeah, I got my leg switched. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, 
So that's the only thing I would say to for the citizen is like just, and that's in anything in life. You know, somebody's you know being yeah. a dick to you. Just that's why I try to tell my kids like just keep it moving. And um, you know, there's other ways to to get away from it. So, so the citizen side of you, if a cop pulls you over and says, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" What's your answer? <laughs> this I want to know the citizen side. He, he's laughing because I've had this conversation with him. Well, he's I said, talking about the numerous times, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude. I'm t- I, tell, I told him, and I tell, I tell RC this all the time. The two dumbest fucking questions cops ever ask you is, is do you know why I pulled you over? Mm-hmm. That's the first one. Yeah. And <laughs> what was the second one? Uh, what was it? I can't remember what the second one was. Go ahead. I still hung up on the first one, though, because I love that. Do you know how fast you was going? Yeah, yeah, there you I, go. Look, I, first of all, I know I was speeding, okay? I know exactly right. how fast I was going, but if I tell you how fast I was going, you're going to give me a ticket. Right. And if I say I don't know how fast I was going, you're going to tell me, and you're still going to give me a ticket. So why yeah. the hell you ask me this question? Confession, time. Confession. that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I always say. I always say, don't, don't give an answer. No, why, why was I pulled over? Because yeah. then you're admitting guilt right at the start. Yeah. That's like the uh, old saying my dad used to say about a friend of his. He said, uh, he asked him, hey, hey, man, did your dog bite? And the guy goes, no, dog doesn't bite. So he goes and pets the dog, and the dog bites him. He's like, man, I thought you said the dog don't bite. He said, that's not my dog. (laughs) 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 So how do you feel about this one? You get pulled over, and the cop is going through the scenarios of, you know, all the questions that D'Angelo hates. And they're like, well, you mind if I look in your trunk? Well, what do you do? Because I've, I've had that happen to me. I, I know I didn't have anything to hide. I'm being compliant. I'm like, okay, I don't care, whatever. But, you know, I feel like that's obviously the average citizen probably by now knows that's not exactly the grounds that a cop should be able to do. So if that's you, what are you thinking? Like, as a cop, how do you expect people to respond? And then, like, citizen side, how would you respond? Yeah, I mean, that, again, those are – Ain't time to hit me with some loaded stuff now, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, again, as a, as a citizen, you know, we we all are protected under the Constitution. We have rights, right? Right. So, I mean, if you ain't got nothing to hide, you know, obviously, like for me, I'd be like, yeah. I mean, if you need to look in there, go ahead. I mean, whatever. But um, but then again, I can also say no, you know, because that's my right. So, but now, if you say no, can you just bring the dogs? If, if, you, if, you, if you, yeah, like if I'm like, hey, I, I want to search your thing, you're like, no, nah, I'm good. You can't do that. Well, so I can bring dogs down. Like, would that does that happen a lot or no? We're we're getting a little, little <laughs> deep in the woods there, just because. And 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 I'm, it's not that I don't want to answer that question. It's just like there's different case laws. Of course, you know, some some are probable calls. I 100 percent agree. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll stay out of that one. <laughs> oh, this, hey, hey. going back to that. Uh, <laughs> speaking, speaking of the fight Constitution, club, fight club. Right, I'm to say, speaking of the Constitution, he's pleading the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they they love those laws, man, for sure. I okay, just, I so Jay Z all the time when I when I hear that. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, God, I want to hear what, what yeah. RC. What 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 Jay Z song you talking about? Ninety nine problems. Oh. You know, I'm but, but, the lyrics of that one. Yeah, what's what's the hook? What is the hook? I want to hear the hook. Oh, what he's saying in the in the song? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't remember how it goes. But, <laughs> yeah, he's like the glove glove compartment slot. I know my rights, and uh, you'll need a warrant for that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. So, so 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 this is this is my last question for you, RC, and I'm gonna let Gary and Tom have it. So, if I know for a fact that I haven't done anything wrong, I get pulled over. And whether I've done something wrong or whether I know I haven't done wrong, I'm I'm playing the role of, yo, bro, you pulled me over for nothing. You right. pulled me over because I was I didn't look like I was in this neighborhood. You pulled me over because maybe it's all women in this neighborhood and you just see a suspicious guy. I didn't do right. anything wrong. Do I need to respond like I hadn't did anything wrong or do I just always err on the side of caution and say, hey, you know what? I'm, I, I understand that I know my rights, but at the end of the day, after this traffic stop, I'm going home to my family. So I'm going to treat whatever this officer is, no matter whether they're a dick or not. Right. With respect, or do I just go off, like, because I know my rights and you've broken my rights? Because if, if it's the other way around and I did something to you as a cop, then you will respond with force. But I don't get that same luxury right. because I'm not a cop. So I in that situation, how do you respond? Again, man, just goes back to just being respectful. And I mean, the whole force stuff again with that. And that's kind of getting into the woods there, too. But yeah. That, well, when I say force, I'm not necessarily talking about a gun. I'm just talking about maybe no, no, no. talking or it, just something. it could be, you know, like you see in the movies or, you know, on TV shows or things or even the films of real cops where you've seen guys, you know, get thrown on the ground. And it's like, man, that was aggressive. What'd they do that for? You know, um, everything's different. Like, it, there's always something with the scenario, like, whether or not it, it was justified or not. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah. So, so I not to get one... away from what you asked, though, um, I would just, again, like I tell my kids, just be, just be respectful. And like I said, if that person's out of line, you know, there's ways to deal with it, you know, down the road. Okay. That, does that make sense? Yeah. So, I got a question, because... Obviously, there's been situations, but people don't understand the different sides. So, like, for example, say you got called to a th- to a scene or something like that. How different is, like, your call, who, what you get responded to you can be completely different than what's actually going on. Does oh, that a happen a ton? Because, like, you could be showing up expecting something else, and then you show up and it's a whole different scene, but yeah. you're only going to try to resolve to show up to what you were reported while you're going there. And then you show up and it's completely different. That probably happens a ton, but yeah. I know there's a lot of a lot of like hate thrown everywhere because there's so many different sides to it, and you're only getting one side, everybody the other side, everybody else is getting one side. So we don't really know how how do you combat that as as you're working because you could show up somewhere and it's completely different than what you were told. Like, how do you handle that? Oh, uh, you just, you know, again, you go with an open mind and try to try to do the job. You know, obviously, like, okay, I, I was called out for a loud party, but there's something else here going on, you know? And right. you try to investigate it best you can and, and deal with it best you can. You know, and you may get shut down. They may say, no, you're not, you know, what were you here for? Well, I got a loud party call, but I'm seeing there's some kids here that, you know, probably don't look old enough to be drinking, you know, like to find out what the deal is. Sorry, my bedtime reminder was going off. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, and that's, again, that's just, you got to go from there. Okay. Most, okay. most, before you go, most dangerous call. The, the, so the most, 
non-dangerous call that's the most dangerous call that you guys are dispatched out to? Like maybe it's a, a like a guy with a dog and, you know, maybe the dog like bites officers 40 percent of the time or maybe it's domestic assault where you get there and you just like, oh, shit. Like there's guns, knives, like this is really bad. Like what's the, the, the one where you think it's like, oh, okay, this is just the easy call, but then you show up and it's like a shit show. Yeah. That that's the only thing too with that. I mean, any call can be can you know, potentially really? be dangerous. Yeah. Well, especially in the times we live in now, man, like people just don't respect each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, so yeah, and anything Nowadays, any anything can be dangerous. So, and uh, oh, so, yeah. Okay. Well, officer, I had I had a question I want to bring you up. You know, you talked earlier about the guy that was in the grocery stores smuggling the steak in his pants. Yeah. And it reminded me of a story I wanted to ask about was because we, we talked about some meat. That's the second mute. time we've had to mute Todd. Oh, he just gets out of control sometimes. Mute. So we will mute him again because we're not going to let him hijack it. We yeah. don't like to let that happen. So we're going to mute him again. You're not supposed to be laughing. You're supposed to be muted, sir. Yeah, you're supposed to be muted. I need you to mute yourself, Tom. Uh, okay. I, that. But speaking of that, like it kind of it kind of brings this up and I know you probably can't what what is it like so civil and criminal cases so right. we look at the Sean Watson thing and yeah. he's going through all the stuff that he's going through and it's a civil case what's mm -hmm. the difference between a civil case and a criminal case and are they investigated differently so from what I know of that from what I've seen you know on TV about it is you got these women that are just alleging you know, some improper. No, no. I think what D's saying, he's just saying, so what's the difference between, you're well, not, not even in simulation to that case. This is what I'm, yeah. I'm saying okay. about that as a reference. Um, so they're, they're basically just going and doing a civil, like, you know, suing them, right? Claiming that he did this, but they never went and reported it, to my knowledge, for it to be investigated by law enforcement. And at any point in time, law enforcement can say, well, look, we're going to reach out to one of these victims and ask them, you know, hey, well, what happened? And if they, you know, say, well, on this date, at this time, whatever, this, you know, and then they could they could do an investigation that way, you know, for it to be criminal. But as of right now, that that's all civil, where they're just alleging that he did something and they're just trying to. So if so, if you leave it civil, then then there will be no charges against him criminally wise. It's all basically in the Money. court of opinion in the public, but it's all dealing with money suing it's, it's not really about trying to get him locked up or nothing because it's not criminal civil is different than criminal in that yeah, way yeah yeah okay. i mean if they're if they're if they're not wanting to to file you know uh charges against them criminally or wanting to report it to law enforcement to be investigated or the da like they may be saying um you know they may be watching all this going on like hey i wonder if there's something something to this criminally, but yeah, that, if that's not going on. Yeah. There's not going to be any criminal charges. So, so just to clarify, this is a, in any criminal versus civil thing. It's not just in relation to Deshaun Watson. This is in general terms, the difference between a civil and criminal that one, you, there's no charges filed against the person. It's more of just you're suing them. And then criminal is all about getting charges filed. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Interesting. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah. Well, wow. 
tell you a good example. Um, talking about that, so uh, O.J. Simpson, you know, he he was found not guilty in his criminal case, and then after that, you know, the family sued, you know, in the civil case, and they won in the civil case. So, is there less evidence needed in a civil case than a criminal case? I would say you would need the same amount of, ev- or you'd need whatever evidence you're trying to prove. In either case, whether it's criminal or civil, you know, it's to so then how would one be innocent and one would be guilty? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um hmm. <laughs> I stumped the cop. And on, I ne- on next him. week, on next week, yeah, no, that's definitely an attorney question there. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you it might be attorney. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. just saying, like that's why it's interesting because you brought yeah. up that the OJ Simpson case. He yeah. lost a civil, but he was found innocent. So if you're supposed to be proving the same thing in both courts. How how do you get different results? Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Am I unmuted yet? Yeah. You're right. so, yeah. Time. You got to get an attorney for the next one because we got to. <laughs> I wasn't. We definitely got to get an attorney. I wasn't even going to talk about Deshaun Watson. I was going to bring up the Hamburglar, but it's okay if y'all want to assume <laughs> what I'm going to talk about. We'll just move on from here. So but... I do have one question before we let you go because we've talked about this previously. Uh, on the podcast, it is dealing with like laws that don't make sense that were established way back when the start of America. <laughs> why? Why are they still in place? Are they enforced? Why are they enforced? And the one we talked about on the podcast is having multiple wives or husbands. Why is that against the law? That is. Is it just because it was based in religion aspect, and we're just going to keep it a law? Why is that still a law? Why is it not gotten rid of? Why are we? In, why do we enforce it if it is enforced? Why is that still an issue? Yeah. Mm. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, answer. that's yeah. <laughs> oh, you wanted me to answer your question. Yeah, yes, you're loaded. You to fight club that. Don't fight oh, club yeah, this. Yeah, you want me? I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know why we can't do that. So, I mean, there's nothing saying. Though, like, is it still enforced? Like, Bro, if, you got if, 16 fucking years in law enforcement, and all you're gonna give us is I don't know. <laughs> like at well, least lie your way through. Like we all law, did that at school at some point. He's the no, law I'm just saying though, like again, the law every, every every situation is different, and depending on, on what you know, I think in in where I live, that is a that is a law about having you know multiple wives, and I think if you get found out, you know they're going to investigate it, and you know because I believe there was somebody at one point in time, not too long ago, where they got charged criminally for. For being in uh, polygamy, so how the um, hell is that a but again, criminal yeah, offense? Exactly, it has nothing to but do it's, with. But the like, law. but like Gary said, it was a law, and it was made many, many years ago. But it's based off religion. What if they're not religious? It's never been. It's never been. If it's still on the books, if the law is still on the books, and it's still good to charge, people can still charge it. But but it wouldn't it be like it ties in with like back in the fifties when they started having you put your hand on the Bible in court court of law put your hand on the bible now they're not forcing you to do that you don't have to do that anymore it right. used to be mandatory now right. they've basically still lie putting their hand on like, the bible yeah. <laughs> no i'm saying like now people don't do that i'm saying some yeah. people still they, do they but you, you have the right to refuse it yeah, yeah. Right. you have so i'm saying like but be, yeah. back in the day you were not allowed to refuse it you had to put your hand on it because it, yeah. it, in the court of in the court of law you're under god and that's a holy thing but people still lied under it it doesn't matter so like why why are we still tying things to religion when there's it's there's a ton of people out there that aren't religious they don't believe that way but you still right. expect them to follow these certain laws that were based on religion yeah i don't honestly i don't know why they keep right. doing 
So. For you to be a cop, you don't really know much. <laughs> you don't really know much at all. I see. I'm gonna get you a question. I'm gonna give you a question though, and and I know you can answer this one. And 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 this is me speaking for a lot of people, but you understand when I ask this question. Why the hell would you want to be a cop? It's shitty pay. You putting your life on the line, like. This is, and we're going to end it with this. Like, why be a cop, bro? They, being a cop in any time is, there's a stigma that comes with it. uh, Because you're a law authority figure. Like, uh, the pay is not good at all. Um, The retirement, you got to work for 30 years. And I'm not sure what, I mean, what's the, when you work in the beat, what's the odds of you making it 30 years? Right. Gunplay, stuff like that. What the hell made you want to be a cop? I've watched a lot of cop movies. I've watched a lot of non-cop movies. I've never in my life wanted to ever be a cop. I know right. why he wanted to be a cop. Oh, here we go. He wanted that front parking spot at the stores <laughs> that they don't deserve. That's what he wanted. That's why he became a oh, cop. He didn't want to have to walk Gary. from the back of the parking lot. I figured, I figured Gary was going to say you, something Gary. like, you know, he wanted a free donut with his coffee. Yeah, I, I fucking that. love you, Gary. Yeah. I lo- he's probably the reason why they got the cop parking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> word. I, mean, I, I disagree with cops having front parking spots. I'm just yeah, saying. I hundred percent disagree with you too. But okay, go ahead. Well, we can give you <laughs> I didn't even know cops use parking spots. Every time I see them, they just park <laughs> wherever true. they, they want. Are, they just drive yeah. up on the sidewalk and park there. It's a damn yeah. fire lane here. Yeah, there you go. Well, now, why uh, you be a cop? For me, it was you know just wanting to serve. I mean, honestly, that's and as cliche as that may sound, that's what I want to do. I wanted to serve and help people. And uh, and honestly, after 16 years, I hadn't changed. And I'll tell you, probably one of the greatest. I've had numerous things that happened in my career um, that reaffirmed that. But this actually just happened yesterday. And I was going to tell you about it later. But I met this guy several years back in the jail when I worked in the jail. Uh-huh. Nice guy. Um, down on his luck, whatever. Well, he's gotten out. He's doing really well for himself. I ran into him. Um, not too long ago, I was looking for somebody, you know, in the city and, and we exchanged phone numbers and he actually, you know, was helping me out, telling me where he thought he saw the person cause he knew him. So, uh, don't call him a snitch cause he was, I was you know, just about to call I, him. I, I do. You're looking yeah. at me, uh, RC got them snitches out there. Yeah. And, but yeah, but no, he, um, he called me last night to tell me that his sister passed away. And I was like, man, you know, I'm sorry, you know, to hear about your sister. And he's like, well, I'm reaching out to you because you've always been good to me. And this is a really low point in my life. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I just wanted somebody to talk to. And I sitting there and talked to him, man. It took like 10 minutes to talk to this guy on the phone. And, uh, and even today, matter of fact, I sent him a text just telling him, hey, man, you're in my thoughts and prayers, you know. And, uh, but I was telling my wife about that. And she was like, you know, you're definitely doing what you're called to do because you care about people. So... Um, but yeah, that's, that's the whole reason for me being in law enforcement, man. I just, I love people want to protect them. And yeah, I mean, if I had to put my life online for, you know, anybody, even Gary, you know, I would do it. You know, <laughs> as long as there's not a dog involved, right? Oh, uh, <laughs> go with the dogs. That was so beautiful. That was yeah. fucking beautiful. Arson. But that's honestly though, I mean, when you talk to most, most law enforcement, I mean, yeah, they, they know how bad the, um, the pay is. Um, you know, and, and things that go with it and how we get treated for the most part, you know, we're looked at, you know, the bad guys. Unfortunately, we have some of them in the business that have made it that way, but, um, yeah. but everybody 
most part, they want to serve. They want to protect their community. So, and, and I, I would say, I, can, I would say ahead. that's on par with like teachers because teachers want to help kids, help the youth, yeah. and they know they're not paid very well. They right. know kids are hard to deal with, especially when they're teenagers because they're always going to talk back. So, I would say it's it falls in the same realm as like they just want to help people. Yeah. I think that's what it's I, they want to help people. Obviously, not everybody wants to help people. There are, like you said, there's bad apples, just like there's bad teachers too. Yeah. But like, I think that's why a lot of people get into it. Well, and I'll say, talking about teachers, you know, I told you guys being a school resource officer, right, been something I've done. Man, you want to talk about really knowing what you're supposed to be in law enforcement? It's getting to work with those kids, man. Like, because I've interacted with so many kids, they don't have love at home. You know what I mean? Like, whatever their situation is, and then they see you, and you get to actually be somebody to love on. Like, just put your arm around them and just say, hey, you know, how you doing? You know, and uh, that that's cool. That's I think that's another thing for me that lets me know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because, you know, getting to share that with with those kids. And I see why teachers like, you know, bump the pay, whatever. I'm still going to be here taking care of these kids and trying to trying to help them. And I think that's. Yeah, I I have to say this (laughs) because there's a lot of people out here want to know this. And 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 when I say a lot of people, I'm talking about probably everybody that's not a cop and then we're going to let you go. What kind of fitness test do they have for y'all? Cause I've seen Uh-oh. a lot of heavy set cops and I've seen you ride a bike. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Whoa. Whoa. I'm just asking you, like, is there like a criteria that you, cause I've seen a lot of cops where I'm just like, man, like a foot race would take you down. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the fitness I mean, just, test like that? And it depends on the agency, like our, our agency that I work at, they're doing one now, um, you know, to try to keep us in better, better shape, better wellness, you know, and, um, but a lot of places for years, they never had that. So let me guess your grandfather didn't, you know, the- <laughs> 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 definitely not grandfather. I mean, y'all, y'all are avoiding the real issue here. And, <laughs> and that's that these cops have been turned into pieces of me and over-sexualized thanks to shows like Magic Mike and songs <laughs> like Mrs. Officer. So how do you how does how does that work for you walking around with that burden knowing that at any moment a lady could come hit on you and disrespect your wife and it's just it's gotta be a hard life this knowing that that knowing this that, that uniform girl. Knowing that that time have you seen me? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's the uniform that does it because that's it's the uniform that gets these women, that get these guys because it's been it's been pushed into people's minds through Magic Mike and Mrs. Officer by Lil Wayne. So I I respect you for carrying that burden. That's the real burden you have to carry around every single day. And we thank you for being so somebody that will carry as that. you as you can't see. You and Time look almost identical. So he's oh, trying well. to take that credit. So like, he gets that, that too. That's yeah. why he's saying that. And, and he doesn't ride bikes either. He, <laughs> y'all crazy. He doesn't All ride right. bikes. But I, I, I do have one thing though. I, I do Uh-oh. have one thing. Uh-oh. I, I don't know if we can talk about this though. Okay, go ahead. We might Perhaps. be able to. So the diathlon. Have you talked about that yet? No, I hadn't talked about the diathlon yet. All right. Well, I was just going to throw this out there because he never talks to me anyway. But I was going to challenge Gary. Oh. You know, 
to to a bike race. Perfect. I'll, I'll get my I'll get my uh four side by side. You get your bike. We'll see you <laughs> I've done my yeah, workouts for the last fifteen years. Oh, I, try, I tried to open it up to see if we get him on a bike, but he ain't going to. What's do crazy it. is is he hosted it last time. I'm gonna try to get him to host it again. Yeah, yeah, get him to come up, man. So we can yeah. He, it'll, All it'll I know is up. last time I hosted, I was promised somebody was going to dominate me in Mario Kart, and not one person showed up that was talking all their crap to play me in Mario Kart. Just wasted my time, and I would have dominated everybody. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, but that it was it. I just wanted to—I wanted to throw that little challenge out to Gary. You know, perfect. I'll have time do my part of the biking versus you. RC getting his ass, getting his ass. <laughs> Yeah, he don't, I, he don't want that smoke, man. He don't want that ooh, smoke. All I, all I need ooh. to do is get a dog, and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog takes him out. <laughs> and then I, 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 I was able to say it, it rubbing is racing. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be the rabbit. I'll be the turtle. I'll make sure there's a dog near there, and I'm good to go. Because wow. you have to go to the hospital, and I'll be fit, crossing that finish wow. line. Wow. I, I really, I really appreciate you coming on, RC. Yeah. Uh, again, I got to take full credit. For having a cop come on, that's me. You know, he had the black lady last time. I got the cop this time. So, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm I'm very proud of you know what I'm saying being able to know somebody of your caliber. Uh, but I did have a question that I don't oh, know God. if I can ask you on here. But we we had this conversation, me Gary. I don't think I had it with you, Tom. And I'm not being disrespectful when I say this. It's just a a a, a serious question. So. And we probably should have led with this because it's a really good question. Uh, Gary, you know, I, I told him, I said, I didn't really know how to ask it because I don't want to sound disrespectful when I say it. So as cops, as cops, as firefighters, uh, we don't downplay the fact that you guys are heroes. However, you guys are doing your job. Right. So is there a thin line between being a hero and doing your job? Or is that just what comes with the title of doing your job? You get what I'm asking here? Because, and and here's where I'm going to get you at. Here's where I'm going to get you at. I'm going to let you answer that, and then I'm going to come back with something. But go ahead. Does yeah. that, because you're a cop, does that automatically make you a hero? Or does, because you think it right now. This is a really interesting well, Yeah, question. because, you know, I'm looking at, you know, I know people that they just do their job, and that's that's it. You know, they clock in, they go do work, and then they, they leave, and that's it. And then I know other people that, um, this is, this is their life in the sense of, you know, they come into work, they do their job, but then like they reach out to members of the community <clears throat> that they serve and they try to even do follow-ups with them. And I think those, those type of people, like I've got one that works for me now that I supervise and she is constantly doing stuff with, um, I don't know if I can talk about groups, but like special Olympics, if I can throw oh, that, yeah. that little yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, thing them, but like, man, she is constantly trying to do stuff with Special Olympics when she's, I mean, working and off. And I love her passion for it. And it's, like, got me involved, you know, helping with that organization, doing something here in our area. And um, so, yeah, I think, to me, she's a real hero because she's constantly trying to serve. Does that make sense? Like, right, it does make sense. So so, so in terms of, like, going above and beyond yeah. uh, just your normal job. Right, right, right. And doing right. more is what yeah. I think would constitute. And then also – which I talked to D about this. It's more of like another aspect. If you like bring in military is when you knowingly put your life on the line. Right. Yeah. I mean, you knowingly you're willing to risk your life for <laughs> everything that you stand for to make sure things don't happen. That does make you a hero. 
yeah, that that's and my thing. That's the, the biggest thing is people that truly care, truly serve, and they're trying to do do right mm-hmm. by. Then yeah, those are heroes. But again, not everybody, not everybody right. that wears a uniform, you know, is a hero. I mean, right. let's just be honest about it. Right. So I asked that question because I, I got locked into a conversation with Gary and we didn't bring time in this because I, I never got a chance to get to him. He, he doesn't answer his phone. Yeah, he doesn't answer his phone. But I was talking to Gary about this because we was talking about the hero thing. Yeah. And then I said the, the reason why I asked that question is, is because you remember the shooting that happened at the school where the guy didn't go in the off duty yeah, officer. That he, yeah. he, he right down in Florida. He didn't go in and everybody was calling him a coward. And I said, yeah. no, he did his job. He just didn't do the hero aspect of the job. He was he still did his job, meaning he was on duty. Some stuff right. went down, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm taking my ass home." Yeah. I I'm not saying that he was a coward. I'm not saying that he was a hero, but I am yeah. saying that he did show up to do his job. He just doing it. He didn't do it in a heroic fashion. So that's why I asked the question to Gary, like, "What constitutes you being a hero as it as it relates to being?" Uh, officer of the law. Yeah. yeah, that's why I asked that question, and you answered it when you said that the people that go above and beyond are yeah. heroes, but yeah. there's some people that clock in and literally just do their job. Correct. So there is a clear it, distinction and it, it, if they even do that much of it. Yes. You know. So you mean to tell me there's cops that are cops that just don't want to be cops? That makes that Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, that, I like that. That's I a great way to end. Instead of no comment, it's Fight Club. Yeah, yeah thank you. I got to keep my mouth shut on that because there's just some folks. Who, I mean, it's like anything, man. Like you know, like even in sports, where you have a teammate that's not pulling their weight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I knew a running back that was that way. That I played. <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, don't you start this? Hey. We ain't gonna have it. Okay, you can end this time. I'm right. gonna say, we were, that was a good ending moment, and uh, Gary fumbled it away just like D'Angelo. So we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and end it right there. Hey, we appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. We out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limit.